Welcome to Mike Ferry Strategies, the official MFO podcast. Hear from Mike Ferry himself, or maybe one of his speakers, possibly one of his top coaches, and even top producers from around North America. Agents, each week you will learn how to increase your production to develop a successful mindset, make more money, and get the most out of the Mike Ferry sales system. This podcast is your portal to expert real estate training, helping you become a top producing agent. Let's get started. So I am thrilled to death. Today, we've got this incredible series that we've started called our Rising Star Series. And what's so fun today is we have Crystal Sakura on with us, who is a rising star in the MFO world. And we are excited to spend a few minutes with her today. So Crystal, tell us a little bit about, first of all, where are you from? Where's your marketplace, right? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually originally from Chicago, but I moved to Wisconsin, which I never thought would ever happen, but I did. And I'm in Milwaukee market, the Metro Milwaukee market. So I go within an hour of where I live and definitely um, it's, it's been challenging starting from zero sphere, but that's why I went to MFO and it's been life-changing for my business and for my personal life too. Okay, great. So you you were you were born in Chicago, correct? Okay, and, and lived then, there all the way through high school and everything, and then went to college in Milwaukee, moved back to Chicago, worked in downtown Chicago, and then um, started sales in another type of industry, and um, ended up just being a transplant, staying here and creating a sphere for myself in real estate pretty quickly. This is excellent. And how long have you been in the real estate business now? Six years, as of actually as of this month, this six years. So this is, you're celebrating your sixth year in the business. Yes. And did you start right away with Mike Ferry or, or how'd you get nope, my, uh, going into my fourth year, actually it's been almost two and a half years, so almost three years. So yeah, third year in is when I really took off and that's when I aligned myself with MFO. Okay. Now you've got an incredible coach, Tabitha, and she was telling me some things about your background. When you came into the Mike Ferry organization, you were already doing, you were a good producer at that point. Yeah. Right. So how did you start your business in the, in those first couple of years to get to that level of production and what were you doing? Um, so what I was doing, um, well, I was lucky enough to have a background in paralegal and in sales. So what I learned from sales is cold calling is everything. Um, so I would go door knocking from place to place, hit the pavement. Cause I had no sphere. I had nothing. So I had to create one for myself. So I went door to door meeting people, networking, passing out my card. Cause at the time that's all I could afford was just a basic handout and my business card. And, um, that first year, I mean, I did 14 deals, which is in a tremendous amount, but having zero, my first, I mean, starting out with zero connections and going from zero to 14 and then basically catapulting into doubling my business year over year. Um, I thought that was pretty good, but I always wow. wanted more. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you in our, in our world of dealing with real estate agents all the time, it, it's almost unheard of it. So first of all, you had a little bit of a sales background, which for anyone hearing or listening, watching this today, you know, you have to really understand how few real estate agents uh, have any kind of sales background at all. So you had a little bit of an advantage there with the sales background. But what I got excited about is you just started putting your, you know, feet to the pavement, start door knocking, went out with business card and a simple handout and, and you're, you get this thing up to 14 transactions and then double the, the following year. Yeah. Right? Yep. So most agents of that spot would be, would think they've got it made and think they're, you know, number one in the area. Why, why would you come to MFO at that point? 
Um, I wasn't happy with my numbers. I felt like I hit a plateau and I didn't know how to get to the next level. Uh, quite frankly, management in almost any company doesn't have the tools or capability um, to know how to get to that next level. So I just felt kind of lost. I had a coach that he taught me how to get started, but I felt like I, I kind of outgrew him and I felt like I needed something bigger, people that saw potential in me and that could make me more productive with my time, more efficient, more successful. And I really just kind of been drawn to the Mike Ferry Network. But, you know, I had a couple colleagues in my office that are part of it. And I just I always thought it was interesting. So I went to a superstar re- retreat and it kind of swayed me and I signed up, it took me the whole week, but I signed up. So it's great. Not uncommon. You know, um, many of the great brokers, God bless them. They're out there doing what they do and they've got a million things pulling at them. And, you know, the brokerages around North America, they, you know, they don't have the time or space a lot of times to do training for someone and then take them to these levels, you know, certainly can get you started. But then when it comes to rising up to what we would call really superstar level, um, the tools and the time just isn't there. So at, was it your first superstar retreat? You came to a live superstar retreat. Was it out here in, in Las Vegas? Yep. It was the one before uh, COVID, unfortunately. Okay. So it was yeah. that one. And uh, yeah, on the, the final day, I managed to sign up. The coaches said, you're super expressive. You're definitely expressive. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe, maybe. I don't know what the personalities are. I'm like, what are they? And they're like, that's the first issue. You don't even know what they are. And I go, you know, yeah, I'm new to this. So um, yeah, they ended up finding out I was a driver and paired me up with Tabitha and we've hit it off ever since. So she's been very, very instrumental to my growth. I mean, doubling from like 37, almost 60, 70 something deals, hopefully this year. Um, I did almost 70 last year. So, wow. So this thing has gone really in the six year window from nothing to 14 to the mid thirties. Now we're in the sixties and seventies and pushing towards hundred transactions. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty fast, I would call that rising star in my book. Uh, thank you. Uh, even in our world, we see agents that progress a little slow. What would you attribute that to? Like, you know, I understand coaching and all that, but really for you personally, what, what, what do you have that causes this to happen? I think it's hunger. Um, obviously not for food, <laughs> the yeah. hunger to succeed. And it's not even just the money aspect of it. It's just I'm very competitive. Uh, I think a lot of people in the, the Mike Ferry network actually were athletes or in some type of competitive field where it's just that natural instinct to, to drive for more, not just the money part of it, but just for me, it's instinctive to just go for the top and I, I like to be number one. I'm number one in my office already. I've been number one for two years. I'm going on year number three. Um, so I just, it's not even just that. I want to be number one for the area, for the company, for, you know, uh, top in general, but it takes time and it takes direction and it takes a coach in your corner because without one, it's just, you're kind of stuck. Wow. So you have this natural competitive spirit and yes. you've had this your whole life. I take it. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been like this. Yeah, so you're competitive, and you, which which a lot of people that are drawn to do to Mike, you know, in MFO we say things like schedule and discipline and work and habits. And boy, if you're you know if you're a trust funder or you want to you know have your cake and eat it too, that we don't attract a lot of people like that because you know we talk about things they don't want to hear, right? So, 
So now you've been in this thing and, and you've got to a level where you're number one in the company and you've been there. Um, number one in the office, not the no. company yet. Oh, I'm going that way. I'm in the top <laughs> 10, great. but I'm so going great. that way. <laughs> it's so good. Just even challenge it. Well, we'll see, huh? I just say yeah. those words and it gets at you right away. And you want or to just say, it. you won't do it. Tell you me I can't it. do something and I'll prove you wrong. Always story of my life. <laughs> so great. It's great. Now you start to recognize some challenges. And so, you know, Tabitha mentioned something to me that you've been doing this, uh, you know, in the whole world out there, everybody in the world wanting to build a team and their first day on the job, they're trying to hire buyers, agents and assistants and on there, they haven't even done a deal yet. And they've got nine people working from them. You've taken a little different path. Why? <sighs> I know it's one of my weaknesses. I have an issue with uh, rescinding some control. I, I, I've been working toward getting something in place. I do have an assistant and that was progression. That's something that Tabitha was really harping on me from the beginning. So I did, and I fully trust this assistant of mine. Um, I did hire a buyer agent, um, working through that, having some speed bumps with that. Uh, but that's the part that makes me uncomfortable is I'm not naturally a born manager. And those are skills I definitely need to learn more about, acquire, research, and implement. And then, you know, there's a lot of failures involved in something new. So I'm not very good with that. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I know that's to get to the next level, I need, I need to have a solid team in place. Well, first of all, thank you for not you know, jumping out into the team world before you started producing, right? Oh, uh, absolutely it's a, it's a common not. mistake we see people do. And then you, it sounds like you are, have a little bit of a control nature too, right? So yeah. your desire to control the, the transaction and those things, you were even a little resistant to get staff and, and people working for you. Have you overcome that now? I've overcome it a little bit. I do have my assistant. Um, when it comes to another agent, it's hard because everyone has a different personality. I did the personality test, uh, thought she was a great fit, uh, but unfortunately I'm not sure if we're just not, not a good fit and maybe I need to look onto someone else or see if it will work out. I'm not sure, but I have to come to a decision this month because spring is coming up soon. Believe it or not, these months are just flying by. And yep. if I want to have a $28 million and 90 plus deal year for 2022, I need to, I need to have that figured out. Yeah. So how, how have you been handling this? I, when you start to become a great agent, this volume, you certainly have a lot of buyers. What, what have you been doing? If you had like, you know, what percentage of your business has been listing sold versus buyer sales? So when I started out, it was almost all buyers, like two listings. And now it's closer to like 55% listings, 45%. I just analyzed my year this year, 55% listings and 45% buyers. So. Wow. So when, like most agents, you come in and buyers is the natural, easier path. You go there. And if you're good at it and you're aggressive, pretty soon you're doing a fair amount of business working with buyers. I am. Have you struggled with this transition to become a, a heavier handed listing agent versus buyer sales? No, no, I, I'm a BOA constrictor. I've been called a pit bull on my listing appointments by the people that I end up getting the paperwork signed in like 15 minutes. They go, you're a pit bull, but I consider myself a BOA constrictor. So every lead I get, I'm going to hold on to it until it's a dead lead. So until they sign paperwork and maybe even when they've signed paperwork and it's not an active listing, I'll still try to get the paperwork signed because at the end of the day, that lead is not something that comes easily. So I'm going to make it worth it. And what do I have to lose by getting no, no, leave me alone. I'm just going to keep calling until they actually get it active. So that's me. 
Well, if, if anyone listening to this and, and hears this, I really hope they heard what you said about, you know, people are going to say no, but your, your idea is I'm not giving up until I'm sure that I can't have it. Like it's listed with someone else or sold or something. And that kind of lead follow-up is, is magic, right? So it's, it's really neat to see that uh, come in the way it is for you. Most people struggle with that. Yeah, no lead follow-up is everything for me. I've never gotten anything easy. That story of my life, which initially as a kid, I hated it. I'm like, no, I had horrible luck, but I think it's made me more resilient and I just don't give up and you can't really beat someone that just doesn't give up. So, you know, Michael Jordan and, you know, uh, think about all the people out there that have had to try things a thousand times to get a a success, a win. I mean, real estate's not easy. So if you give up on the first attempt, you're going to just lose. Yeah, boy. Uh, I hope people are a little mad at themselves that might be listening right now because many people give <laughs> up after the first no and they, you know, limp off. It's, yeah. it's a major thing for you. So what are you struggling with? You know, in MFO, one of the job, one of our jobs is to uncover and, and unmask some of these things as you grow. And what, what would you say is a little challenge that you've had in, in adopting the MFO system? So... I thought I was really good at time blocking and having the prospecting in there. But as my business has grown and as I'm trying to train and get this agent on board, I've had some limitations as far as my time running to appointments. I can have everything blocked out, but things sometimes are getting in the way. So that that is a struggle I'm having is to kind of keep that happy medium or if I do have to move around or shift some appointments. I still put in that time to prospect and do that follow-up call um, here and there. You know, I I definitely have to get a little bit more on par with that to make sure I'm having a successful 2022, because what we do now is going to transcend in the end of the year and the beginning of next year. And I always have a blowout end of the year and beginning of the year because I prospect so hard because summer slows down a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I can see the little bump in the, the shift for me, but that's because I'm just so tenacious, but I definitely need to get somebody in place that I can trust as a buyer agent, because I would like to make that more consistent. And that's something I'm struggling with. Well, music to my ears. You said, I usually hammer it out in the, we're talking about the fall and winter in Wisconsin. (laughs) Right. And I get, you know, we have agents around the world that are all going into hibernation right now. And they're saying, you know what, there's nothing going to happen now between this time of year, nothing's going to happen. Well, just sit back and relax. And you have recognized that you make a fortune because of your ability to stick. Yep. I did. um, I think I did 9 million my first three months of this year Um, for, for, People in California, that sounds like nothing. But out here, that's like 25 deals yeah. in three months. And that's yeah. January, February, January, March. Yeah, January, yeah. And February, that's March. Typically yeah. slow here. So people are like, what's going on? How did that happen? My secret is, it's not a secret. It's called, I come to the office, I make calls, I do client follow-up, I do um, past client follow-up, I do sphere. I also do you know, some of the FISBOs and I go after those with letters. I also follow up with them on the phone. I mean, you have to do a combination of things and prospecting is key. So, so you're prospecting away when your competition almost evaporates, mm-hmm. it's cold out, you know, it's zero degrees <laughs> or below you're out there prospecting away and, and you put 25 transactions together, January, February, March. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's, these, these are all things that as coaches of the Mike Ferry system, we want all the coaching clients that might be tuning in to pay attention to what you're asking and what you're saying, right? It's what else is there to do in the winter anyway? If it's cold out and nasty, like what else do you have to do? I mean, there's nothing else to do. Just hang out at your office, 
make some calls. Maybe you have a drink while you're doing, <laughs> Just kidding. you know, whatever, whatever invigorates you in the morning or in the afternoon. Well, you know, it's one of those things you think, you know, uh, we, we say this all the time is, you know, oh, there was two feet of snow last night. Good. Everybody's home. Call yeah. them, right? Give them a call that you, your odds are going to get better. They're home. Yeah. They don't have anything else to do. Go get a listing appointment, right? You're living proof of it. You're living proof of it, right? So time blocking, a little bit of a challenge. And, and would you say like, the, is there a, a common theme, a distraction that you're trying to eliminate right now when it comes to time blocking? What is that big distraction? The distractions for me are I try to consolidate my, so if I have appointments, I'm going to try to consolidate them. So they're within the same area and I can just knock them out. Okay. Uh, but other things come up, properties come on the market. I still am showing buyers properties. Okay. Um, I did almost 70 last year solo without a buyer agent. So, I mean, that was very time consuming. So it kind of takes away from my focus. And that's something I need to strive to again is to have someone I can relate to. And uh, well, I can actually trust because right now the situation at hand is I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And that's concerning. And yeah, um, yeah I, I need to get things in line so I can keep focused on the listing aspect of it. And of course there will be some preferred buyers that have worked with me several times that'll want to stay with me as a client, but I need to focus on the listings because that's where business comes. And if I did not have as many listings as I did last year to start out the year, I would have had a not so great year for this year. So. Right. So really it's still the buyer and you're, you're getting more and more clear about the buyers that you're willing to work with and then having somebody that you trust and that you get on your team that can handle all the rest of those buyers, mm -hmm. because that's probably the biggest offender of pulling you off your schedule. Yes. Are those good? You know, right. So increase your standards with the buyers you work with and then, you know, keep looking. I wonder how many uh, agents got their first buyer's agent that stuck with them forever. Right. It's probably unlikely. It's unlikely. <laughs> it's probably very unlikely, especially unlikely. because of different personalities. And I think the thing with me is I have a really, really high work ethic. My assistant and everyone in my office basically says that. Um, I'm insane and my work ethic is not normal and most people will not be like me. And that, that's something I'm having a hard time internalizing and realizing now that I'm not going to find someone that's just like me. And maybe that's a positive thing, but it's just, mm -hmm. it's hard to find somebody that you can trust, rely on and has work ethic that you, you respect. <laughs> so. Well, there's a bit of an acceptance there, right? Accepting that what they're telling you that finding someone like you, you know, if they, if they do, they'll probably compete against you. Right. So the idea of finding somebody that's, <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So finding somebody that will fit the bill and meet your minimum requirements of what you're looking for in a buyer's agent, but, you know, maybe understanding a little better that you're not looking for many me, right. Mm -hmm. uh, you're looking for someone that will do the job and, and in, in that capacity. Right. So good for you. You know, I, this is so refreshing to me because uh, six years in the business and the things that you're doing, it's phenomenal. I mean, it really is phenomenal. However, as a good coach, I'm saying you're just scratching the surface. And I know you would say the same. Tabitha tells me that. <laughs> she says I have not even come close to my potential. I'm like, thanks, Tabitha. <laughs> this is awesome. So any advice like, you know, we, we get this chance where there's a lot of people that are four or five or six years in the business that are probably have their mouth open right now going, what the heck? I'm not anywhere near that. What's your advice? My advice is to time block, stay focused enjoy the nose because that means you're a lot closer to a yes. If you're not getting rejection, you're probably not getting a lot of deals either because a lot of people take that rejection so personally that it kind of, 
paralyzes them. So just take the nose as a future yes and just keep hitting it hard. Calling everyone, sphere, follow-up is key. You're not going to just get something usually on your first call, no matter how smooth of a talker you are. It's just usually not going to happen. So definitely hit the phones hard. Get seven no's before. If they hang up, it's okay. They won't remember. Call them again the next day or the day after that and do it again because at some point they are going to say yes. Wow. That's my, that's my advice. <laughs> Excellent advice. If you block your time and you, you um, have a prospecting routine like you do and you follow up like a maniac and don't accept the nose, keep going. Um, you've got a fighting chance to do what Crystal's doing. Right. So as always, this rising star series is such a treat for, for everyone. I thank you for your time. I really appreciate you spending a little bit with us. I can't wait to see you at the next live event and uh, we'll all catch up then. Thanks. Crystal Sikora. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Join us next Friday for another episode of Mike Ferry Strategies. If you like our show, visit our website at www.mikeferry.com. And don't forget to check out the Mike Ferry TV podcast every Monday for new messages from Mike Ferry himself.